Hey, hiring managers. Reopening your small business and rebuilding your team can be tricky when 64% of furloughed workers don't plan to return to their previous employer. If your workers don't come back, Snagajob is here to help. Use snagajob.com to handle your rehiring with access to 47 million hourly workers looking for service industry jobs like yours. You'll save 25% each month with promo code podcast. Start hiring at snagajob.com today. Are you obsessed with Pisces or do you always fall for Leo's? me. Do you wonder what your sign says about your sex life? I actually now really do. We all want answers to what makes us the way that we are. Why not find them in the stars? Alex Dimitrov and Dorothea Lasky, the duo behind the Astro Poets Twitter account, are taking to the mic with the Astro Poets podcast. From relationships to mental health, they're looking at life through the lens of the Zodiac and sharing their hilarious advice along the way. If you're a fan of astrology or pop culture or you just appreciate a good meme, give the Astro Poets podcast a listen. Just search for Astro Poets podcast on your favorite podcast app. And welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Today we have one of like my OG YouTube homies. Yeah, Melissa. Hey, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that I'm here visiting in town. Hell Hi. yeah! Yes, I'm really le- I'm glad to be back in LA. Yeah, we've been like homies since like Megan Rosette and Let's oh, Make It Up One, dude. Shoot, for. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I feel like I made YouTube friends for a solid like maybe 18 months mm-hmm. and then I made no new ones. So oh, no new friends. No new friends. <laughs> like all of the YouTube friends that I have are from like that era. That's funny. And then I was like, yeah, I'm sad. Like I'm good. Like I don't need any more. And mm-hmm. they'll have like friend crushes like Tana Mojo, but like Oh my god, I can see that. Oh, I literally went to BeautyCon one year just to meet her. Like, I was like, I'm gonna go to her meetup. And then- I love that. I love that you're <laughs> as much of a fangirl as I am. Like, I lost it over her. I pick my people that I'm a fan of, and it's like it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like Whitney Simmons has a Gymshark pop up today. Oh. I'm about to go buy my weight in Gymshark outfits. Oh, I like, love that. Yeah, I, I I found her from one of those tart trips. I didn't go on it, but yeah. I saw that she was on it, <laughs> and I was like, "You're doing like squats with your nice butt, and you're in Bora Dude, Bora." It was great. Have, do you ever like? Okay, her Instagram. It's it's insane. Her squats when she squats, I'm like, will I ever look? Like that, well, how, it's not possible. It's it's one of those things that I'm like, I can't like my butt will never look like that. But also like I can't squat that low. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> like, I, will tr- I I truly can't. And I just like look at her form and I'm just like things I aspire to be like. Same. Like I will never look. Look and they're like, okay, now squat like you're sitting in a chair. I'm like, I'm gonna look like I'm sitting in a stool, like a high stool. <laughs> like I'm never going to be like she squats like she's squatting sitting on a squatty potty that's how low she goes <laughs> it's insane and she looks perfect doing it yeah. it's stupid it's crazy yeah i want to be that ripped i want to be like when i get to be a mom i want to be that fucking ripped oh, okay i love ripped moms you i know? do too with like but their you, giant you want, biceps like, you want babies. like the challenge of like getting pregnant first and then getting ripped yeah, yeah. like okay it gives me the it gives, it gives me time <laughs> it gives me a lot of time and also like you have to like I, I used to like decide I, I decided I wanted to work out because I wanted to be able to lift my own suitcase into the overhead bin. Yes, same. But I feel like I want to get ripped when I have kids because I have to lift children. Like, and it's not just like a once a year, oh, let me put my suitcase up. Like, no, no, this is like my kid will be like, mommy, and I'll be like, fuck your head. Just pull him with, <laughs> with one hand, just toss him That's up in what the air. I want to do. <laughs> have you ever and seen those moms him. do workout videos with yeah. their kids where they're like bench pressing their yeah, children? Yeah, I've seen do that. It in like yoga, and I'm like, okay, no, I want to like, yeah, I want to deadlift my baby. 
Um, if you guys are new here, this is Don't Blame Me. It's an advice podcast. Uh, and if you want to be on an upcoming episode or you don't necessarily want to be, but you like really need help with your life and you want to leave us a voicemail, you can give us a call at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to do my very best. I'm hoping that I've been in enough therapy to make me a good advice yeah, giver. Right? Yeah. I, I feel like at this point, if I'm not, like, I should ask <laughs> for a refund. Like, I would like my money back. You're right. Uh, should we get on to the first one? Let's try it. Hey, Megan and Melissa and whoever else there. <laughs> um, I'm 23. I just started law school. And, by the way, listen to your podcast on my commute every single day to school and away from school. It's great. So, with that being said, um, I have found in my life that I make the best relationships organically. Um, In undergrad, I joined a sorority and realized, like, it wasn't for me, and it took me, like, three or four years to make solid friends um, with common interests. But then I go to law school, and they basically make you feel like networking and knowing everyone and getting along with everyone and um, essentially just being, like, a very extroverted person is um, not the only way to excel, but I guess, like, just it's important and I would consider myself more of an introvert I'm kind of like a one-on-one person but in terms of like starting conversations with people it's not my thing um if someone talks to me of course like I'm friendly but most of the people in my class have this like disingenuineness about them and um it's it's so hard uh it kind of brings it out to me like I feel like I have to fake conversation or like I want to be a bubbly person so I guess my question is do you have any advice um, for an introvert and kind of like social settings how to start conversations how to lead conversations but also like how not to get caught up in the bullshit and to just kind of be genuine while also you know being likable in some way damn that's hard yeah. Can I first say, like, being genuine is the most likable? Yeah. So it's not an either or. Mm-hmm. Very much goes together. Uh, do you consider yourself an introvert? I I think I'm, like, I j- joked about with this my therapist. I think I'm, like, a depressed extrovert like uh, and, like, a socially anxious extrovert. Like, mm-hmm. I don't regain energy, al- like, in the definition of an introvert. Like, you regain that energy and, like, you refill your tank alone mm-hmm. or, like, in – those kinds of situations I don't feel like that like I feel like when I'm around people that I really like and I've chosen to be there and I feel like it's like my kind of setting like if I'm on set like Mm -hmm. I come home and I'm so energized like the whole time like I'm like feeding off of that energy I don't feel like that if I'm just like spending the day at home by myself but at the same time like if I'm with a group of people I don't like like I don't I'm not thriving I'm like I'm dying inside I'm fucking dying I'm fucking dying um okay but that's also kind of I feel like the situation that she's in is like do you consider yourself more of an introvert I'm fully introverted yeah Yeah, that makes definitely I get my energy being alone I relate to this struggle a hundred percent like this sounds like I could have called in and asked this question at one point in my life so networking is it's it, I I also find it a really disingenuous thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, 
Mm. Okay, first thing I want to throw out there is I read this book called Quiet. Uh, I forget the tagline. It's something like the art of surviving, the introvert's guide to surviving in a world that can't stop talking. And I think uh, this caller would actually really like it. It opens with a story of the author's experience as a lawyer and how being an introvert actually really helped her. So I think this would be a good one. Uh, It goes into a lot of the unique strengths that introverts bring to the world. Because for me, like I grew up being very introverted and especially in high school, I felt like that meant that I was never going to... Yeah. Like, have a place, you know? Because high school, the hierarchy is how confident and how loud are you? Exactly. Um, and so I think, like, part of my own journey of, like, fully embracing myself has been learning that, like, I do have strengths and good things to offer the world as an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I think that book was one of, like, a particular turning point for me. So I recommend. Um, okay. But... I have so many thoughts I have to collect. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm already impressed with the book. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, very, very impressed. Yeah, it's called The Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Okay, I got close. You were very close. <laughs> really fucking close. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, let's see. So I think you're asking two things, actually. I think you're asking about making genuine connections with people that you care about, and you're asking about the act of networking, and I don't think that they necessarily have to be the same thing. I think that when we try to make networking something where we feel like there's going to be a level of connection that you can make with people, but that's not necessarily where you're going to get into like the stuff that makes you move and feel as a person. You know, that's your close relationships. That's your friends. That's your family. That's all that. Um, The art of networking is I think it's about making connections with people in your field, people that have similar interests and all those kind of things that are going to help you when you get out of law school and you're working in whatever facet of law you want to get into. Um, so I think as far as like how to survive networking and how to make it work for you, I think, you know, and embrace the fact that you seem like you're a very like you're a person that really enjoys your own sense of authenticity and your own sense of genuineness with people and with conversation. And that is going to help you so much in your professional life and in your personal life. I think it will even help you, honestly, in networking because it gives you the ability to actually care when you're having small talk with people, which I feel sometimes people that are just, like, extroverted to the extreme don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I guess first is, like, recognize your strengths and then recognize that, like, when you are networking, it's a skill. It's learning how to, like, you – somebody brings up something. It's, like, batting – I think of it like tennis. Like, batting yeah, it's a like ball, a mini batting. meeting. Yeah. It's not like a friend casual hangout. Exactly. So you learn like the ropes of like here's how you like bounce the ball back and forth across the court and get it where you're trying to go. You know, so if you're trying to make a connection in this class so that you have, I don't know, just to prove to yourself that you can make connections, that's one thing. If you're trying to get something out of it, like later in life where you need a connection to get you into a certain role or whatever, like, you know, you you gain those skills. And so I think part of it is just practice. And I honestly, because like doing what we do, we have to network quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. I hate it It makes me feel like I'm dying. Well, I know because every time we end up at a networking event, we we just sit on a, we find a couch and we just sit and ignore everybody else. We do. (laughs) This is why I have no new friends. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need to meet anybody else. If I know one person, I'm like, I'm solid. No, I know. I've done that too, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I've read books like, I think it's like 92 ways to talk to anybody. And it's like little tips and stuff that you can like have in the back of your head. Or there's a YouTube channel called Charisma On Demand um, where they just give you like little tips for like how to 
like go through a conversation. And if you're an introvert, you're probably a little bit more introspective. You probably think in terms of like facts and figures a little bit more. So it will probably help you to have a couple things in your back pocket where you're like, oh, okay. So in this situation, if I do this, it will help things mm-hmm. move forward. Just like giving you like a little bit of a sense of knowing what you're doing, a little bit of sense of confidence in like maybe in an area where you don't feel it as much. Yeah. And I think it's play on the strength of the fact that you say you work so much better in like on a one-on-one like that's like what you're saying is like when you the person who's like networking in the sense of like talking to a big group and like being funny like that's not someone you're like oh I can really like you but if you're actually trying to get like a work connection later on people aren't like well I don't actually really know if you've got great worth work ethic like I know that you're funny and like you're charming but I don't have that like a one-on-one memory so like I think if like you find someone who like looks friendly like there's and like I think a lot of people fake the networking thing yeah. of like being like, oh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on. So as disingenuous as all these other people seem, I think if you can come through very genuine and talk to one person, I think that facade that they're putting on will probably drop. Mm-hmm. And I think focusing one-on-one, even if it's like you go to these networking events and maybe that's not where you thrive, but there's like someone in one of your classes that like you think is really interesting or some like a TA or I don't even know how law school works in that way, but like someone mm-hmm. that you want, like, and maybe it's like, hey, like I'd love to take you to coffee and pick your brain. And then you can have that one-on-one conversation. And I think a good starter is like, yeah, come like finding like different things. But if any time for me when I'm like feeling super uncomfortable and like trying to get to know someone and like make those connections, I just ask a ton of questions. Like I'm just going to start by asking you about yourself and that makes that person feel so much more comfortable. And then you, I, at least for me, like I get the most anxious when I think that like I'm fucking up a conversation and someone else feels weird. So I'm going to do anything to make you just feel like this is the greatest conversation ever, even if like I'm not getting anything out of it, but you being like, oh wow, this was really great. And I talked about myself all the time. Then Mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, cool. This, I feel more confident and comfortable. So I think that's uh, a good way to do it. And you don't feel like you're putting yourself out on a limb as much when you're talking about like yourself in that way, because like you're just asking about them. Um, and you're right. It's, it's a muscle. It's something that you practice. And like you said at the beginning, like it's so different than making friends. I think it's one thing is many meetings and many interviews and that. And then the other one is like finding really nice, cool people. And even the people that you might see and meet at these networking things might come across as really like not your kind of person, but they might end up being that once you see them and talk to them in the real world. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I used to go to, when I first moved here, go to networking events. Like I'd be at one like three times a week and it was exhausting. And the thing is nothing ever really came out of it because Mm. everyone was trying to do the same thing. And so Mm. I found that the, that just making friends with people and then, like, your friends can connect you with other people that are in that field. So, like, for example, um, this one girl that I di- I met, like, at a VidCon one year. She um, is... Was it me? <laughs> <laughs> it was at the same VidCon oh. where we saw each other. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, but she um, is one of these people that just knows everyone. And she's good at the networking. And so she'll be like, hey, Melissa, I have somebody that I think you would vibe with and so she'll set us up on like a coffee thing Mm. and so i think like finding friends that are like genuine and and um is the first step in actually networking yeah Yeah. i guess that actually makes sense Mm -hmm. um one quick thing was like when i was working on my social anxiety to put words to what you Mm -hmm. said one of the things that i read is that like typically when we start to spiral and freak out over like how we're performing in a conversation we're turning the focus back in and like circling here where what you should do is turn it back to the other person yeah. and like focus because it takes the weight and pressure off of you exactly 
Um, and the other thing, like, when I started cosmetology school and I had to talk to people, like, all the freaking time, I would go home every day and cry about it. Like, it was the hardest thing. And, yeah, muscle builds it up. Yeah, it's like – it's. It's like dating. And as mm-hmm. much as people think that like y- it might come across like, wow, people are so good at this and they really like it. No one does like it. And I think like if you can not and I don't think you'll get caught up in like the the faking it aspect. But I think once you do it more, you'll see that it is kind of just like putting on a show and a facade yep. and that it's not a forever thing. And That's true. it's not going to it's not it's not what will make or break everything. And I think like especially in like college and i'm assuming law school in that same way i that kind of like idea that like you have to like speak to big groups and like make all these like that that's what really matters and like lasts but it's i mean i remember like even i mean i won't say because like you were in a sorority and like you mm-hmm. get along well, well with all of them and like you still well, do stuff well not all of them but like <laughs> you still are active mm-hmm. in like alumni stuff I have friends who joined sororities just for the networking stuff and they're like, yeah, no, I didn't. None no. of that shit panned out at all. So like <laughs> I wouldn't put as much pressure on yourself for networking. I think when you're young and you're trying to like, I don't know, stand out, I think like we try to find anything we can that's going to get a leg up and mm-hmm. put a lot of weight on it when it's really not actually as important as like your education. And like if th- these like networking events and stuff like in the long haul of like your career in law is that's not what what's going to make or break it at all. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. The other thing is, I guess there's didn't say this, but there are very much different kinds of networkers. Like mm-hmm. I can go into an event and I'll probably make like three, if I'm really trying, I'll make like three to five like connections where like me and this person actually like spent time together and there's something that can come out of it. And then there's some people that can go in and they can meet 20 people and dazzle all of them. And both of those methods are entirely mm-hmm. valid. Yeah. And it's just whoever you are in that situation and whatever is right for you. Um, so, yeah, it's just finding your own voice and your own self in there. But also, like, when you feel like people are being kind of bullshitty and just, like, trying to put on a face, like, they're learning their style, too. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, you don't have to meet them on that. You can stay in your own authenticity in that. Yeah. And people will see that and they'll like that. Mm-hmm. But best of luck and congrats yeah. on law school. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, hey. okay, Elwood. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, and yeah, let us know how it goes. Hi, Megan. Hi, Melissa. And uh, whoever the guest is. Um, I'm 20 years old. I'm turning 21 in April, so a few months from now. Um, I'm in college. And uh, so <laughs> not really sure how to start off here. Um, I know it sounds a little, uh, not even shallow that I worry about this, but just this isn't something that I would normally, like, pick at or notice. But one of the things that bothers me about my friend group is I'm not really close to all of them. Um, I have a very strong personality, and I somehow just always find out when people are talking to me just because I'm constantly having anxiety, and I just feel like my anxiety, like, just always leads me towards finding out that people are talking about me, if that makes sense. Um, So I've heard some really, really horrible things that were said about me. And um, not that I'm the type to hold a grudge, but I just feel like a lot of true colors were shown. And it just kind of hurts me to kind of just be living with these people and um, kind of just be struggling because they are my only college friends. Um, But my main, main question is, what do I do about feeling so bothered when my friend group, they all comment on each other's, like, Instagrams and stuff, you know, like, being a supportive friend, like, complimenting them, but then 
Like, when I post something, like, I don't get any replies, like, say, like, on my Snapchat story. Like, they never say, like, oh, you look so cute. Like, no one checks up on me. Like, it. I don't know. I guess it's just one of those little things that for some reason bother me. Um, I tried taking, like, a social media detox or whatever um, by deleting Instagram, and I honestly loved it. But literally just now, which prompted me to make this call, I re-downloaded it, and the first thing I saw was one of my um, friend group. uh, One of the girls in my friend group had posted a picture, and literally all of them were commenting, like, you look great, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was tempted to be Betty and post the picture and just kind of do, like, a little social experiment, but I just deleted the app. Um, So that is helping me. I'm just wondering if you have any words of advice of just um, hopefully what I can do to just kind of be a little bit more mature about the situation and not let something so silly like social media comments um, kind of really get to me. Um, I love your podcast. I literally listen to it constantly in the car, at the gym. Um, yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. I mean, I don't think you're being immature at all. No, I don't think so either. I also really relate to you. <laughs> Big personality. You can sniff when people are talking about you from a mile away. Yeah. That is my, it is my number one party trick that no one asks to see. We'll be at a party <laughs> and I'll be either with like Mots or I'll be with like somebody else and I'll just be looking. I was like, my girl's talking about me right now. Mott's like, no, she's not. I go, no, that girl's 100% talking about me right now. And then, like, someone else will come over and, like, talk and, like, will say, like, say something that I'm like, oh, no, yeah, you clearly, this is, this is, like, a whole thing. Wow. It's also, it's mostly, like, girls who, like, has, like, have, like, made out with my boyfriend or, like, oh. had, like, oh, I, like, didn't know that he had a girlfriend. It's like, and then I'm like, bitch, I can, <laughs> and I'm, like, super confrontational. So I, I very much understand that feeling. Um, but... I truly, I think the reason, like you're saying, like, I don't want this to bother me as much and be more mature. I think the the reason it bothers you um, is because, like, there, it, it, it follows the same narrative that, like, your friends who, like, have, you know, have been talking bad about you behind your back. Mm. And then you go on Instagram and they're all hyping each other up and not talking and not commenting on yours. Like, it follows the same narrative of, like, I truly just think you have some shitty friends Mm -hmm. and it sucks and like anytime someone calls in or says anything about a friend group my red flags go up right and I'm like friend groups it's not it doesn't work it doesn't function in the way that like oh and they and they also carry such importance in high school Mm -hmm. and like college and like that time when you have like your group of like your group of gals like you have all like I think about that to like my like high school like friend group there's a pre-prom picture of us senior year and nothing is more like uh show telling of me and my high school experience because it's me with like 50 40 people and that's like technically my friend group and in every picture it's my best friend Cindy and I looking at each other either squeezing each other's hands like laughing or just looking at each other as if nobody else is there because like that's the thing it's like you can't be you can't be incredibly, incredibly close with like 15 people and mm-hmm. have you all be on the same page Correct. and have like them all be equally as close. Like it's natural that people are going to kind of break off into like twos or threes. And it really sucks when it feels like you don't have it. I have a really hard time with when people have issues with me that I don't have issues with them. Cause I'm like, why do you hate? What do you mean? I don't hate you. Yeah. Like what did. And I'm, like, I, I get very, like, well, I want to hate you first. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that kind of thing. And it, it feels really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, 
I think like I, I get that you like I think you live with them. Did you say she's roommates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think like what you need to do is there's definitely the you're feeling really really isolated and you're the only one in this situation. Um, and not even like a woe is me kind of way, but I would say try and like take a step back and like do some digging and see are they doing this to other people in your like is does it feel like they're the one like you're the only one out or is it like are there a couple of people left out and if that's true reach out to those people and hang out with those people in your friend group a little bit more i think even if it is like a small friend group there does tend to be a hierarchy of like who's the coolest one and those voices and what they say and do like that means the most and that matters the most to get that approval um and i think like fostering relationships with like small like even like the first call like smaller groups of people and like one-on-one kind of stuff I think it's gonna feel a lot better and more important and deeper because like those are people that actually really care about you and I think the reason why you're upset about the social media stuff is because it's manifesting this like fear that you have that your friends don't that some of your friends don't like you and are talking bad about you and it just kind of adds to it um and I think the detoxing is a great thing, but I think, like, you also kind of need to detox shitty people in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was listening to this, I was like, so is it the Instagram comments that are a problem or the <laughs> friends that are yeah. a problem? Um, I mean, it's hard to tell because, like, I'm not – there's so much information yeah. we don't have. I'm, like, going to retweet all of what you just said, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh, man. Yeah, I would say, like – I think that's really good advice about, like, taking a look at the rest of the friend group and seeing, like, is it, like, and first of all, like, I think one of the very first things she said was, like, I'm not close to everybody in my friend group, and I was, like, that sounds normal to me, like, I had a very small group in high school, not 50 people, Mm -hmm. but, like, like, six to eight, and I talked to very little of them still, and I was very, very close with only half of them, you know, it's, I think it's very normal to only have like close relationships with a couple of people. And when like an, a situation puts together like 10 people, like you're not all going to get along. Mm-hmm. You're like situational friends and you can make that work and you can make really great, you know, relationships yeah. from that. But I don't think you have to stress about like, do I have equally strong relationships with these 10 people? Because I feel like 10 actually truly close friends, that's impossible to keep yeah. up. That's a lot. That's a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't date then either. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so much. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like the idea of taking a step back and seeing if you feel closer to other people. It sounds like, for whatever reason, you guys are not fully jiving right now, and I don't know what that's about. Um, if there are people that you feel like you're closer to and you're really in tune with and would like to keep investing in those relationships, like maybe you could open up the dialogue just a little bit and be like, you know, hey, I'm just getting the sense that like maybe there's a little distance or something and I really care about you as a friend and I want to make sure everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if they're invested and they're a good friend, they'll find a way to have that conversation with you. And if they're not at a point where they can do that or they're just your personalities don't jive, that's not anything about you. It's just, you know, you guys are at a really transitional time in your lives and you're learning a lot about yourselves and about each other. And it's fine for friendships to ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I would just like take a look at this friend group, see who matters. Um, Let go of the ones that don't. Not necessarily like cut them out, but just, you know, don't. Don't let your validity rise and fall with how they feel about you. 
Um, and if this friend group isn't like the group, then like find people that, you know, you can really hype on Instagram and they'll hype you back because they got yeah. your back. And I think it's a it's it's a hard line to figure out the difference of who do you want to be friends with and whose approval are you seeking? Yeah. And I, I when I got like fully exiled from my college friend group, I now looking back on it, I so desperately was like I like at that time I was like no I really wanted to be friends again with them. I won't be friends again. But it was like no, I got burned and I wanted their approval back. And like all mm-hmm. of that that I put into that and that investing into it it wasn't because they were great friends. Clearly they didn't want to be my friend, but like that felt so shitty to me that like I was just seeking their approval and calling it friendship. And then that's a game you cannot win ever. So I think it's take it back and like, do you, you don't want friends who don't do that. Like, like that's like, it's the same thing with dating. Like you don't want to force someone who's like not that into you to date you. Like you also don't want to be friends with people who aren't great. Like, and it's a hard thing to have, especially because when you're, yeah, when you're in college and all of that stuff, like you, you want to have friends regardless. You're like, even if they're shitty, like I'll take. I just need some friends. Right. But I think like you can have like the the I don't want to say yeah, like more like surface level friendship with these people, and then invest in the ones that are worth investing in. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, in general, you don't want to let your sense of self rise and fall based on how other people are treating you. Like mm-hmm. you are valid and worthy of love and belonging, no matter how many people are your friend or how many people in this friend group comment on your picture. Start there. Yeah. And then work out. Yeah. I need some advice about dealing with a difficult person, we'll say. Um, Last year, my roommate ended up being a very rude person and just all around not a good person to be around. Um, In short, It was obviously a year-long deal of me living with her, but basically she thought that I was bullying her if I wouldn't, like, come in and talk to her um, when really all I want to do is go in and watch Netflix. She told me that I needed to go to therapy to deal with being stressed out, um, which I'm fine with therapy, of course, but (laughs) it was said a very rude way. Um, And it was just constantly her saying that, I was bullying her, and when, oddly enough, an issue came up over pillows, um, everything just kind of exploded, and she started telling other people that I threatened her life because she moved my pillows, which is not true at all. But um, the thing that makes this really difficult is that we're in the same sorority, and literally in a couple of days, I'm going back to campus, and living in the house once again, luckily with different people, but I will definitely be around her. And I just want your advice on like how to deal with someone who has caused all of this trauma, so to speak. Um, she's like blocked me on all social media, refuses to like acknowledge my existence anymore, which is fine with me because we never really got along after that whole situation happened. But we're still in the same sorority and I just want everything to be cool and it's really making me nervous going back. So any advice that you might have about how to be in her presence, especially when I hear her talking bad about me, uh, would be greatly appreciated. Love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Are we sure this isn't like a Netflix horror movie waiting to happen? Truly. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, it's so funny though because like uh, people always make fun of like, you know, like 
girls quote unquote are people for caring so much about throw pillows like that's like I'm like oh my god you have so many fucking pillows like you and your obsession with pillows like that's literally Monsa's like number one joke with me that like we have too many like you and your throw pillows and mm-hmm. I'm like this girl like I love that like this is like classic what like straight guys think girls fight over yeah <laughs> like, that is what they, it's probably they probably like lost their friendship over throw pillows oh my god they did yeah I mean <laughs> gosh I mean sh- sh- I don't I don't know how great I'm going to be at answering this because you want a way to like be cool and be mature. Whereas for me, I would just flat out fucking ignore her. Like I yeah. just wouldn't ignore. I would. I would not acknowledge her presence. Would your Leo just full on take over? Oh my god, yeah. I would just be like, I'm also one of the people that like if I sense crazy and unhinged, I fucking hate unhinged people. I do not like people who are unpredictable and like I don't know what they're going to do or say. So I am like. I'm not fucking liable. Like, I'm as far as the fucking way as possible. If you get, I'm not, I am, will not be questioned. I will not be a witness. Like, I am not, like, I like to, like, really remove myself from that. Um, and so, yeah, that that's, I mean, I just think, like, it's, you can want to be cool and cordial with someone, but clearly she doesn't want that with you. So I don't think that, they, I think whatever she, the relationship that she has with you I don't think I think that's what you mirror. And if she's going to be like petty and stoop, like really low, I don't say not don't mirror that. But if she's going to just flat out ignore you, I would take I would have her like set the tone for how it's going to be when you see her. And you can just like smile and say like, hey. And then if she's just like is like totally ignores you, then like, okay, cool. And then if if she brings it up later, it's like, well, you ignore. I thought that that's what you would have wanted from me. Like Mm -hmm. I was taking what I assumed you would have wanted. But I don't think that you should put any more time or energy into this. And I get that that's hard because like, there's definitely people who like I have like beef with. And like when I see them, it's like, oh, girl, yeah. I'm going to, but I'm also like, oh, I'm going to fucking avoid the shit out of you. Like I'm going to try and not run into you. And if I do, I'm going to like have a three second delay, see what you do. And then I'm going to like go there because I think if you put yourself out on a limb and try and like be the bigger person, it sounds like you rightfully so have like traumatic feelings around her. And I think like, the more that you get invested in this, the more you're possibly going to get hurt. Yeah. This seems like a little bit of like a crazy vortex almost. Like whatever, yeah, whatever can get into it gets like reinterpreted as crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate, I don't like using the word crazy around women, but it's highly emotional and volatile. Yeah. We'll go with yeah. that. Um, see, okay, so I'm a cancer, so I'm like, oh my God. like sweet little water sign. You're, like how do we deal with this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't I actually don't hate your answer though. Like I'm I'm with you. I think, you know, if she's blocking you, if she's going to ignore you and give you the cold shoulder, like there is no reason for you to talk to her about mm-hmm. it. Like genuinely. I don't think that there is. I think probably the most important thing with this kind of personality in general is boundaries. So, you need to set the boundary for yourself that you are not going to get pulled back into this drama if she tries to revive this whole like ending your life over throw pillows narrative just be like i'm not talking about it i'm not feeding into it if the girls in the sorority want it to be a whole thing you're not commenting on it like you are beyonce in the elevator <laughs> with, with- <laughs> yeah yeah that's you right now yeah. uh-huh. um <laughs> <laughs> that's a good for it's a good person to be <laughs> yeah i'd be here any day honestly yeah i would be beyonce any day wouldn't we all <laughs> um but yeah Cool, calm, collected. Like, this is, like, 
she doesn't need to add any more trauma or drama to your life. And I can't tell you for sure that she won't try to, but I can tell you for sure that you don't have to give her the time of day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if she tries to, you know, have a conversation with you and like start drama, um, you know, I would see like if it's like, oh, my God, you moved my throw pillows or whatever. Um, just come at it with like facts and figures like I'm sorry that you feel I moved your throw pillows. I will not move them again. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, like almost lawyer that stuff. Like, yeah. don't even. And I, I think, and we've said, that we, I've given this advice before where it's like people you really don't like, but who are unhinged, they're going to show their true colors and other people will be able mm-hmm. to make that judgment mm-hmm. call. So I think the more that you can even pretend like this past year never happened and like she's a girl in your sorority that like you don't know that well and that you don't really have any desire of being friends with, but like, it's as if it never fucking happened. So if she if she sees you and she's like, hey, and you're like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, and she'd be like, well, what? And it's like just very as if like you literally have no clue why she would hate you or why she would be mad at you. Mm-hmm. But don't do that in like an invest like let's start being friends again. It's just like a, oh, I'm unfazed by everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. From like personal experience, there was a girl in my sorority who she was a liar and user of people. And I mm-hmm. caught on to it pretty early on. And um, I started, like, ignoring her, and then she started talking bad about me. Um, And she did it because she wanted my attention. Yeah. And so then um, other people started catching. And I would just, like, I would acknowledge her presence, but I wouldn't, like, I wasn't her friend in any right. sort of the, the matter. And so slowly other people started catching on and realizing, like, who she actually was. And then it was, like... She was, she was not, I wouldn't say exile, but people just knew who she was and she stopped being able to take advantage of other people. Yeah, exactly. she put herself in her own place, essentially. Yep. Like, yeah. there, I think that people like that, it's only a matter of time before, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're the ones who are going to bring their, I don't want to say demise, but they're the ones who are going to bring that upon them. It's not anyone else's responsibility. Exactly. And it's an, in, like Thanos, it's inevitable. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I think, like, it can be really, really hard, um, especially if you have, like, st- yeah, still traumatic hurt feelings. That can be, like, it's a trigger. Like, it's totally mm. a trigger. Um, and I think the the best advice I could say is truly just have a couple friends who know the situation. Don't show up to sorority events where you know she's going to be at first. Like, give yourself kind of padding and cushioning so you have someone there who can be with you like that you're not really caught in a place that can kind of slip you back into those feelings and creating those boundaries to like protect yourself and then just fucking faking it and eventually it's going to get a lot easier and also the kind of like faux nice oblivious thing is really cunty and it feels really like good (laughs) but it also doesn't make you you're not going out of your way to cause drama in a way and Mm -hmm. it still is you're still able to dislike her and hate her you're just reconstructing how you're doing that but it feels just as satisfying to you i always say like who you actually are will who you are will shine truer and brighter than what people say about you, which will work both for you and for her. Mm, (laughs) Um, So just, yeah, be you, do you, let that be it. Um, But then my other thing that I like to remind myself of often is don't feed the trolls. Mm. So if she is this, you know, emotionally volatile, likes to have some kind of drama going on and you were her last drama target, she might try to see if she can reignite that and keep that one going 
and you just need to be above it, which I think mm-hmm. we've said at this point. Don't feed the trolls and just let it be. Realize that this is like her burnout action. She's going to go through this crescendo of whatever toward you and then it will move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. Just let it be. Yeah. Just take a front row seat. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Get your popcorn. Yeah, like, I'm ready to watch this crumble. <laughs> oh, well, best of luck. Mm-hmm. Hope you have a great school year. Do good in school, in classes. <laughs> Face it and um, use protection. Cool. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're busy. Your inbox is full of unread emails. There's dinner to make, and you haven't taken a deep breath since yesterday. Why not take a moment to reconnect with yourself and prioritize your pleasure with Dipsy Stories? Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy, and guided sessions to turn you on. Each story is created with women in mind. They're relatable and immersive. And there's something for everyone, whether you're into men, women, or both. Find stories about strangers meeting on the beach in Mexico or seeing an ex that you can't stop thinking about on the subway. They add three brand new stories each week, so you'll always have more to explore whatever you're in the mood for dipsy always keeps it real and really hot i mean i'm excited i'm gonna download it it's like fanfic but read to you and for listeners of the show dipsy's offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com blame that's a 30-day free trial when you go to d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com blame dipsystories.com blame We all know how terrible overdraft fees are. It's not a fun feeling, and Dave is going to help us all not have that happen. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees and reminds you about upcoming bills. And it can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. It's a great service for just a dollar a month because Dave will help you budget. And if you're spending too much, the app will text you to make you stop. Mark Cuban is even an investor in Dave because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s, so he gets it. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. Go to dave.com slash blame. It really helps our show if you guys let them know that you heard about them here. Then download Dave and never pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now to dave.com slash blame. Okay, everybody, we're back from our break and we're going to hop into the rest of the calls. Hi, Megan. I'm 23 years old and I'm kind of in a dilemma with a friend. So I decided to create an app for my friend and her boyfriend's business, and I was not paid. I reiterated many times that this app was beyond my my knowledge. I was the only one developing the app. I couldn't talk about it, share the code with anyone else. I got majority of it done, but after a month, I told them that they would have to look for another person because I will not be able to fix it within their deadline. My friend responded by saying, that I was not, I was giving up on her and quitting on her. Because I was taking on other projects, she said, how would I be able to do those projects if I keep quitting on everyone else? There was a miscommunication of how much of a role I would be within their app, and I think she was hurt by that. Two days passed, and I see a post on Facebook saying that there's a person who's close to her who is toxic. I don't care that she posts on post about me but i just find it ironic that she says that i was toxic because i feel the same way about her she's insecure about her weight and she keeps telling me that i need to eat more because i'm skinny she'll compare her awful financial situation to me 
says she doesn't have the money to pay for her bills, but spends $3,000 to take a week trip to Florida. Then she'll justify her spending, saying that, oh, because you don't have a kid and other payments, that's why I'm not in debt. But why does that matter? I didn't choose to have a kid and pay for two dogs. I know how to live within my means. I feel like I'm in some constant competition with her. Whenever her life is great, she'll push her choices on me. But when it's going bad, she'll take it out on me. Honestly, what what it comes down to is I don't feel respected in the relationship, and I don't have the patience to put up with shitty behavior. The only thing that's preventing me cutting ties is that she has done a lot for me, and I've been friends with her for over a decade. She wrote that out. So. She did. I love when <laughs> Honestly, I appreciate that. I feel like I would be that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be the what calls we get in the back of the Uber drunk. <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, oh, my God, I just mailed this boy and I fucked up. <laughs> I love those calls. Yeah. Those are so fun. Oh, my gosh. When people's, like, actual first call of, like, you haven't even gotten home yet or it's just, like, I'm in my car and I just did something so stupid. <laughs> I'm like, and we're the first person about to call. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. Oh, funny. This sucks. Yeah. Like, this hardcore sucks. Um, Oof. You know, let's just, like, let's go ahead and give it up for, like, realizing the toxic traits. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like sometimes when you're in them, it sounds like she likes to really, she being the caller, really likes to, like, invest into relationships and yeah. give into things and care for people and it can be really hard to set your own boundaries in that scenario and she is in the sense that like she sees what's toxic so good for you mm-hmm. hardest part is realizing the problem oh ish it takes a while oh yeah it's like there has to be <clears throat> a breaking point and i think the 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 app and not that kind of stuff i think that for you it's i'm not i don't maybe at least for me when i i always had in toxic friendships i would get to a point where it was like a moment of clarity. It'd be like something. Mm-hmm. I talk about this in therapy all the time. Like an event has to happen that like my like trauma brain can't go, oh, this is my fault. Oh, this is me. Like, mm. and it has to be something that I'm like, no, no. All of those like negative thoughts in my head that like try and justify it. If those can't even justify something that I'm like, oh, and it's like a like whole thing is lifted and suddenly you see everything else that you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is what's been happening this whole time? Yeah. Wild. It's like a crazy reality shift. Yeah. Yeah. It's like taking off VR goggles and I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> how did I end up here? That's actually so accurate. Ugh. I I think like, I think it's sucky that uh, people who you've known for a long period of time and people that you've invested in a lot and that have meant a lot to you it really sucks and it disappoints you so much more when those people end up being shitty Mm -hmm. but they're not like protected from that like anybody can be a toxic person a toxic friend and like they're not exempt because you've known them the longest or anything like that and it's really sucky to know that no matter how much time and energy and effort you put into a relationship like things can happen that are totally out of your control that you didn't ask for and that can end it and turn people to be really shitty to you. Um, and there is, I don't think that there's any reason to stay in a friendship that isn't a friendship. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, that's your relationship. Like, it's not It's not how you met. It's not like, no, we're not. Like, how you met and how long you've known each other has literally nothing to do with qualities of a friend Mm -hmm, that's just the context of how you became friends right and if she's not being your friend then she's not your friend it's 
someone that you know who you've been really close with and who's really fucked that tie like fucked that up Mm -hmm. and she sounds you sound super aware of the fact that she's clearly hurting and she's taking it out on you Mm -hmm. um but you're doing nobody any favors by letting her do not say letting her do that but like you don't need to stick around. I do I have this, like, so I tell my friends this all the time when they're friends with people like this. I'm like, you don't have to, like, even if someone's going through a really terrible time, you don't have to stick around and be a punching bag because mm-hmm. that's not your responsibility and that's not your job. And also that doesn't actually help them. That doesn't help them move through it or move past it. There are times where, like, you can lash out at your friends and then realize that you fucked up and apologize or you have that conversation. But if you can't have that conversation with her and you're just describing these things that she's done as just like character traits and stuff all the time like by that behavior is just who she is at this point yeah and it's not something that you've been able to kind of correct and redirect and she's been able to grow from Mm -hmm. and it when and then that's just enabling that kind of like shitty behavior and some people just need to like fucking fall flat on their ass yeah i agree i was i was thinking about that as you were because what i find is somebody that um does tend to like stick around in these kind of relationships and really try to like help people. And it's like, oh, they're hurting. I can help them. Like they're punching me, but eventually they'll get over it. Like what I found is that like typically what these types of individuals need most is to experience the consequences of their actions. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, falling flat on their face in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, it does not sound like you owe her anything. It sounds like you feel like you do based mm-hmm. on the amount of time that you've been friends, maybe stuff that she's helped you through in the past. And I think, I mean, you can have a thank you next moment with that. Like <laughs> she's been there for you. She's been something for you. She's clearly meant something in your life and it's okay for her role in your life to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think of, I don't really know if you would ever have characterized her as a soulmate, but I, I define soulmates as like any kind of relationship that, is deeply meaningful and helpful to you. It can be familial, friend, romantic. It can last for a lifetime. It can last for months. Um, And it's okay for those seasons to come and go. And so it sounds like this friendship has, like, found and ended its season. I think you guys would both be better off, um, you know, taking a step back. And I think you hit it on the head with, like, this was, like, a very – um, catalysty moment for her to realize like how toxic everything was I will say just like as a side note as somebody that like I work with my sister like she's an employee of mine if you're ever going to work with like friends or family like have an agreement that's yeah. written up mm-hmm. around like how things will be paid when they will be paid what are the roles that you're fulfilling um, just that just helps you didn't do anything wrong in the situation it just came up for me wanted to throw it out there yeah contracts um, yeah they're very fully in writing very very helpful well best of luck yes um and like cool on the fact that you can like make apps shit. <laughs> yeah like should we go on to the next hi megan i'm 25 years old and i have kind of like a really general question for you i have been dating Since I was, like, 18, and I've had a few boyfriends, and I seem to have the same problem in all my relationships, and I have this expectation that I just can't shake. No matter how hard I try, it always gets the best of me, and it always makes me feel truly worthless if they don't meet this expectation, and I'm just wondering if that's normal. Um, I feel like no matter who I date, no one ever wants to take me out on dates. No one ever wants to celebrate me. 
for example, I just got a new condo and my boyfriend didn't even bring over flowers. Um, and, you know, all these guys from work came over and dropped off all these housewarming presents. And it just, it hurts my feelings a lot to know that my own boyfriend can't even bring me flowers. And at the same time, you know, I don't want to be that girl that expects gifts and expects, you know, him to pay for dates. But I find myself paying for all the dates. And then if he does pay, he only pays his half. Um, and it's just really something that I just can't get over. And I don't know if maybe I'm the problem and that's an expectation that I shouldn't have. Or if it is an expectation that's realistic, how could I go about meeting somebody that is going to meet that expectation because I, I date so many different people, different races and ages and heights and jobs and backgrounds and, you know, you name it. And it always ends up being exactly the same. Um, I, I really just want to go on a date once every like four to six months. And it always seems to be like something that isn't possible and is, not a priority in anyone's life and I don't know I just I just wanted to know if maybe like I need to address this with myself or if that's totally realistic um I I don't want to be the person who sets up all the dates anymore my boyfriend recently set up a date and a week in advance and he just failed and I can't help but being so disappointed because I've been looking forward to it all week Anyways, let me know what you think. Thank you so much. Wait, did she just say she wants to go on a date every four to six months? Yep. <laughs> that's that's the baseline? Yep. I mean, first of all, I think you need to date um, retired rich guys who have a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of money. I don't Oy. think that's it. I think it might be the personality <laughs> of the guy that she's dating. That's what I was thinking. I yeah. was like, you can get yeah. the same personality type in any package. Yeah. Like, you and your boyfriend should take this quiz because I think it'll be enlightening for you to see how he shows love in ways that you don't necessarily receive it. So for you, you're not feeling that love because you, in my assumption, receive that love through gifts and quality time. And he's not necessarily giving you that. So you don't feel love. But maybe the way he shows love is through acts of service and words of affirmation. And then you're like, oh, wow, he is showing me how much he cares about me because he's telling me all mm -hmm. of this. But I'm just not, and not even in like a knocking you away, like you're just not able to, you don't read it that same way. Right. Maybe he's like, do, like he's unloading the dishwasher. Like he's like buying certain, like he's not like getting you flowers, but like he like got you milk when he saw that you were running out. And Mots and I have very different love languages. Mine's, mine is quality time and physical touch. So I'm clingy as hell. Honestly, same. Like, I just, like, want to be, like, I just want you to want to be around me all the time. And Like, uh, if your hand could be on me anywhere at any oh, point yeah. in time, I would be totally if happy. we're sitting next to like, each other and you're not touching me, like, I'm literally. like, are you mad at me? <laughs> like, it is just like, no, I'm sitting right next to you. I'm like, yeah, but you're not touching me. Like, I just want you to hold my hand. Like, I am so clingy like that. But for him... Um, his are words of affirmation and acts of service. And mm -hmm. so like, like, and I've learned that now that like he'll go and he sees that we're out of milk or coffee. And before I even know, he's already bought it and replenished it. Mm. Or I like, will mention like, oh fuck, I got to get, will remind me to get gas um, in the morning and I'll wake up and he'll be like, hey, I got you gas. And like, Ugh. and like in that kind of stuff. But like for like my natural instinct, I had to learn that like, oh, this is you, like, yeah. I can receive that now, but like naturally, immediately that wouldn't have been like a, 
I wasn't taking that like, oh, wow, thank you so much. Because he's yeah. like, no, I'm showing you how much I care yeah. about you. But I was just being like, oh, yeah, we ran out of milk. Like, cool. Thank. Like, right. but I was like, oh, no, this is. And, and that was a great way to kind of see that. But I think you need to take it with him to kind of understand where he's at. But at the same time, it's also very okay to like expect and want certain things out of relationships. I think you just need to figure out uh, why you want those things. And is that how you like receive love or is it, um, is it something that you're not getting that you think will kind of make you, this relationship click more and you'll be more in this will be this will be the good thing and like this is what's missing but like he just might not be that guy yeah and it might be that like oh i i think in theory i really want these sorts of things but like in the actual act of it does it like what is it that matters like or is it like oh yeah he's not planning dates is that the part that is upsetting to you or is it the fact that you don't feel like you're getting to spend quality time with him? Mm -hmm. And even if like, or uninterrupted, like you're not on your phones or something like that. And like, is the fact that like he didn't bring flowers, is it the flowers that you're upset about? Or is it the fact that like, you don't feel like you're getting attention and it's not actually the flowers. Like you just don't feel like seen and you don't feel really cared for. Um, Because I think I think like you're really going solution based, which is very much me where I'm like, oh, this is the like, let's just just change this and fix this and this will be right. But Mm -hmm. it might also be representative of deeper feelings that you have about the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much on the same page as you there. I would definitely say like step one, assess love languages, make sure that y'all are on the same page. Um, Because it is funny how much people can talk past each other with those. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, I have a friend of mine whose um, significant other's love language is acts of service and then hers is words of validation. And she was like, it's like, it's really great to know, but also I hate it because I have to like do the dishes and do all this stuff. And he just has to tell me I'm pretty. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as they figured it out, it like made such a big difference. And like I've felt that in relationships as well, where it's like when you're able to like learn each other's language it helps a lot Mm -hmm. barring that it sounds like again what you said she wants to feel more seen and celebrated in a relationship and yes that is an absolutely normal thing to want that is not selfish that is not wrong I think you know it's a spectrum you could make that a giant selfish thing if it was like excuse me where is my breakfast in bed this morning that that's maybe a little far but if you just like if, if the goal really is like a really great date that your boyfriend plans every four to six months, like that is a very low bar. Yeah. Like extremely low bar. So if you're not getting that level of care and insight in your relationship, then yeah, maybe like first of all, that's a normal thing to expect. And maybe this isn't the right relationship for that. I do think like based on what I've heard, it's probably best to go ahead and like assess whether or not you guys are expressing your affections in the same way and just see if you, you guys are on the same page you're just expressing it differently um but i also don't think that it's wrong to want to feel you know desired and seen and celebrated um in a relationship because i've been in relationships where i wasn't like significantly and i thought i was the problem and i thought i was wrong mm-hmm. and i've experienced relationships where i have been a priority and it's life-changing um and so like, yeah, obviously you want to know that you're you're seen and you're cared for first and foremost, and that's definitely valid. I would do a little bit of like self-work, maybe like some journaling, maybe reading some self-help books, um, just figuring out like 
what is it that I really want from a relationship? What things really make my heart sing, like in theory or in practice, what has gone well for me in the past? Um, what do I want and why do I want it? Do I want this because I saw it in a rom-com or do I want this because it sounds like it would really fill something in my heart mm -hmm. or my soul or whatever? I think it also needs to be a conversation with him because I think, at least from what I'm hearing, you're doing a lot of like do unto others as you would like done unto you. But if you're planning all of the dates, mm. he doesn't have to plan them That's because true. you're doing it. And like example, me, I love planning my own birthday. I don't want yeah. anyone to plan my birthday. So funny. Mott's one year wanted to plan my like my birthday mm -hmm. and I it was causing me so much stress and anxiety. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, no, it's just going to like be. And then finally he's like, oh, you like doing this. Mm -hmm. Like that's OK. This makes sense. He might think that you enjoy planning these dates. He might like if this is like a subtle hint that you want him to do it. But I think like I don't want to say like, oh, take something away and then from there. But having a conversation like for him, like what is his ideal date night? Maybe yeah. his ideal date night is like sitting and like watching Netflix and eating pizza. And maybe yours is going out and doing stuff. Yeah. And the thing to touch on the financial aspect of it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. If he's can't pay for a date for both of you, he can't pay for a date for both of you. And that's something that like if and no shade, if you want to date someone who's can do that, you have to go out of your way to date somebody who's financially well off and willing and able to spend their money on you. But that's not a precursor to every relationship. And it's it's something that you're going to need to seek out and be really go go for that because nobody should like go broke for that. And also right. it just might not be what he wants to spend his money on, which is also fine. Yeah. And if it's not something that like if it's a date that like sure it makes like you happy or whatever but like a relationship I think is also about like finding things that you both mutually are into and not like oh tit for tat okay I'm gonna do this thing that you really like mm -hmm. that I fucking hate doing but because it makes you happy but then we're gonna do this thing that I really like and it just goes back and forth in a way that's like you need to find some sort of middle ground right and you it's also you don't need to pay for him you can just split everything all of the time and I think like rom-coms have made this idea that like oh like the guy paying like that's so romantic yeah like that's but like it doesn't need to be at all and if you want to be financially taken care of which i'm not accusing you of and it's also not a bad thing to want that just also has to be on your list of things that when you're going into a relationship that that's something that you express very early on and like that weeds out your selection process but at yeah guys in their 20s uh or anyone in their 20s it's no one's responsibility to uh not that i'm saying that you are saying it's a responsibility but like he's allowed to spend his money however he wants to and if you genuinely want to spend your money on dates for both of you then do that but if you're doing that because you want him to do it back stop doing that yeah i would say like i mean maybe maybe the love language here is gifts because that's two things that we've gotten highlighted um I don't know. I agree with you. I think if it's definitely like you want to be taken care of in a relationship, like you do definitely need mm -hmm. to like look for that. Um, I don't know if I'm getting that from her, but yeah, I, I really can't tell. It's so hard with like, yeah, a I mean, she just no. bought her a town. She just bought a townhouse. So I don't think she's she doing needs okay. to be taken care no, of. No, not exactly. at all. I think it's more along the lines of if you're someone who likes to like financially treat other people then do that but it just right but it's obviously it's hurting you that he's not doing that back so i don't right. know if you're getting joy by doing that and that's the only right. time that you should do you know what i mean like if, I'm, if I'm gonna spend money on my friends and i'm gonna take them all out to dinner that's because i want to i don't want it to be like okay now i'm waiting for you to, your turn to kind of do that yeah and it 
it and it sh- yeah it shouldn't feel like yeah. that like you should feel good doing it yeah i'm very much in turn like i don't even think of it as transactional i like seeing and having like equal commitment within the relationship so that could mean financially that could mean emotionally mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff um so i guess like i don't know if it is a little bit gender normy to be like whoa he hasn't paid for a date like what's wrong with him like that's Oh, but that was my original reaction. <laughs> um, I, I think maybe for you it sounds like it's not um, – he's not investing in the relationship. Like obviously in this one it's monetarily. But like in general you don't feel like he's investing in the relationship as much as you are. So yeah, like you said, maybe having that point – like that clarifying point of like how do we want to approach mm-hmm. dates? Like I really want to see – like you don't have to say this following up to that. But like I want to see that he's – invested i want to see that he cares and i'm not seeing it right now and so i just want to like for you you have to figure out what does seeing that look like and then for him it's like that can he rise to that mm-hmm. or adjust to that or fill that space in whatever way um because yeah, maybe he takes maybe you take you guys out to dinner and a movie and you pay for that and then he can't afford that and maybe it but it it might not be about like oh him paying for this kind of stuff maybe it's then him planning a date that like you go on a picnic and like it's something that still has the time and energy and effort put into it Mm -hmm. but it's not it's it's something that he can like if he's like struggle like like strapped for money it's something that it has the same amount of like effort and energy and like uh thoughtfulness put into it it just doesn't cost that much but yeah best of luck let us know how it goes and um, congrats on a condo. Oh, my God. Like, fuck, dude. Like, these guys have their lives together. Dude. Do you do guys want to be my life coaches? <laughs> do you know how many of them have fucking, like, babies and husbands and homes? And I'm like, why? It's fine. I'm 30 and I'm renting an apartment. I, it's whatever. L- literally, I'm literally like, well, it's cool. I don't even have a dog yet. <laughs> there are people who've called in where we've, like, recommended, like, maybe you get a dog. And they've called back, like, so I got a dog. I'm like, fuck, I don't even have a dog yet. Like, in the time from yeah, one to zero, I was like, I want to talk. So we've been talking about it. We're going to do it. We're oh, my gosh. Do it. oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm ready. <sighs> Fucking ready. Yes. Is it time for don't yes, blame them? Don't blame them. Don't blame them. She's a listener. She said, um. Yeah, she knows. Yes. I know. Yeah. I watched that episode with Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Keith. Also, can you like introduce me to the Try Guys? For I'm sure. Except them. Eugene. He's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where uh, you guys call in with your own advice um, from previous episodes. So. Roll the tapes. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling to give a little bit of advice to the girl in the episode with Becca Tilly, who was afraid to go to the gynecologist because she didn't want to talk about it to her parents. Um, So I was kind of in a similar situation. Um, I was 23. I needed to go to the gynecologist, but both of my parents are pretty Southern Baptist, and I'm on their health care. Um, little fun facts though. Your healthcare, you can make yourself the only person who gets the bills and the information, even if you're on your parents' healthcare. If you're over 18, you just need to call your healthcare, tell them that you do not want any of your medical information given to anyone else, and they will only send the bill to you and they won't notify your parents, even though you're on their insurance. So, Pro tip. Or you could just do like Megan and Melissa said and just go and leave them the bill anyways and just hope they never bring it up. But either way, good luck. 
Oh my god, no, pro tip. I didn't know that. Me neither. I'm um, on my own health insurance, so it's not helpful for me, but I know, damn. Same, same. Um, that's so funny. I literally just watched that episode. Mm-hmm. You were um, talking about when you came in. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. God, wow. That is... I, how did you find that out? Like, did you go? Did someone tell you? Did you Google that? Like, that's like an information thing that I'm like. I don't Damn. know, but we are all more empowered for it. Yeah. Thank you, I've, caller. I get so many DMs all the time about people being like, "How do I like go to a certain doctor without my parents finding out?" I'm like, "Fucking no, no, at all." I'm but not now, a medical professional. Now, now there's this. That's yeah. crazy. But also, it's just if if you live with your parents, it just has to be the same thing that I used to do before report cards would come. Um, where I would like speed fucking home and me and Jerry, um, Sydney was always really great at school. So like she never had to like speed home and throw, Mm. we would actually force her to throw away the report card because it would, otherwise she would fuck up our whole storyline of being like, oh, report cards aren't here yet. And we would just have to like race home and be like, you have to be the first, you just wait at the mailbox. We were very different kids in high school. Oh yeah. Well, you're, you and Sydney are both cancers. You're like, (laughs) no, you got great grades, all of that shit. Again, charisma got me not really any, did not get me into good colleges. But you had like, you have more fun stories than I did uh, for sure. But I, eh, I mean, yes, (laughs) to a certain extent, but also, you know, it's not necessarily like, I don't look back on, I'm like, wow, I was really, really glad I did all of that Mm, stuff. mm. Uh, But that's a good pro tip though i like this i also yeah. grew up in a very southern baptist family so i understand mm-hmm. yep it was the whole thing thankfully i didn't try to go until like right before i got married and my parents were like okay we understand and i oh, was that, like okay yeah you're like oh for sure <laughs> yeah for sure okay well that's it for this episode kaylee thank you so much for being on oh my gosh okay i, I was feel so like excited. i had so much therapy this week like this was like you have like i mean you obviously don't live here but like you can't come back as often but you have to come back like, oh absolutely such good advice really i feel like i like the therapy worked yeah 100 <laughs> percent. sometimes i do feel like when we have like people who are really good at answering questions i feel like i've had like a, an additional therapy session this oh, week oh my god that's such is, a good compliment no, i really appreciate it's, that it's, you're, you're clearly wait yeah my therapist would love you <laughs> she'd be like yeah kaylee would be my star pupil where i'm over oh here like God. this is bullshit i'm over <laughs> it can we just stop? uh but uh tell people where they can check you out on the internet oh hey okay so i'm kaylee melissa k-a-y-l-e-y melissa on pretty much everything i mostly post on youtube got a lot of hair tutorial content and i'm on instagram i've got halloween coming up it's gonna be a real fun month you guys this is the time if any if anyone has not followed you yet this is the time to be like you go hard oh i do you go so hard girl i've already been filming halloween stuff oh my god yeah wow i don't even like halloween i still watch but um, if you guys want to be on an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Don't Blom Meme Pod, and our own individual Instagrams. Uh, you can listen to this if you're not, if you're watching. And if you're watching, go uh, listen. <laughs> it's all linked. All of the things. If YouTube, you're listening, I make a lot of really insane faces reacting to these calls so have fun well hope you guys enjoyed and uh, we'll see you next time goodbye don't blame me is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts camera operator amanda lechner and music by ryan hunter and giacomo picasso part of the her pod network